<laughs> Hello, everybody. Good to see you this morning. I'm excited to be sharing for our first Sunday of Advent. This is kind of surreal right now. <laughs> I've never given a sermon in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brooke. Um, I'm an intern here at H2O. <laughs> I was a student at the University of Michigan and graduated this past May with a degree in elementary education. Um, I'm married to Josiah, the handsome guy in the back. <laughs> yeah, we've been married for almost a year and a half, a year and a half next week. So, dang. <laughs> yeah, it's gone fast. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that's just a little bit about me. I'm going to share a little more of my story later in the message. Um, but first, I want to get into the Word. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about the message that God's put on my heart today. Um, I think he's really done a work in my life in this area, and I think he wants to do it in yours, too. Um, but yeah, let's pray. I need prayer this morning. So, <laughs> well, Jesus, we just thank you for this time to be in your presence, um, just to come before you, Lord, um, and to study your word. Pray, God, that um, this word would sink deep today, um, that our hearts would be open to receive what it is that you want to say to us. Um, and God, I just pray that I would become less this morning and you would become more, um, that you would increase in me and that um, I would share the words that you want to speak this morning. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, to kick us off, I have a picture of a place called North Manitou Island, which some of you may have heard of before. There it is. This is North Manitou Island. <laughs> So we, Josiah and I, went to Manitou Island this past summer. We went on a backpacking trip. It was my first ever backpacking trip. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Manitou Island is an island in the middle of Lake Michigan, and it's 15,000 acres of wilderness. There's no cars. There's no people other than the people that came on the boat with you to go backpacking, and you're probably not going to see them again until you get back on the boat. Um, and the island, as you can see, is surrounded by white sand beaches and really crystal clear fresh water. Sorry, Neo, wherever you are. Sorry, it's fresh water. <laughs> but yeah, so we would wake up in the morning to the sun shining and the sound of waves crashing on the shore. We saw an eagle flying over the water. It was amazing. Um, it, it was like a private tropical island, honestly. Like we were in the middle of the Caribbean on an island by ourselves. Um, so it sounds peaceful, right? I think we all crave this kind of peace and tranquility in our lives. We want to escape the stress of our lives and experience peace like this and tranquility like this. Um, and especially around Christmas time, we hear the word peace thrown around a lot. Um, we see it on our Christmas decorations and in our Christmas songs, and we talk about peace on earth, and we read it in the Christmas story. Um, so today, I'm going to be talking about peace. And yeah, Debbie, we can put up that first slide. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about peace, and I want to define what peace is for us. But first, I'm going to start with a little bit about um, common ideas of what peace is. So the dictionary describes peace as freedom from disturbance, 
a state of tranquility, quiet, or calmness, a stress-free state of mind. That sounds wonderful, right? <laughs> yeah, but today I want to make a bold statement and say that this isn't actually peace. Um, yeah, so you're probably thinking, what is true peace then? So I want to dig into scripture today um, and find out what the word has to say about what peace is. Um, so you can turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. It'll also be up on the screen um, if you'd like to just follow along there. I'm going to be reading from the NIV if you'd like to read the same translation as me. I'll give you a second to do that. <clears throat> All right. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. So this is Isaiah speaking here. He is prophesying about the coming of Christ. This was before Christ's advent. Um, and he calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. And he says that of his peace there will be no end. Um, so I want to take a look at the coming of Christ, our Prince of Peace, with you this morning. So we're going to read part of the Christmas story. Um, it'll be a little bit of a repeat of what Janae read for us this morning, but we'll read it again. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, and it'll be verses 1 through 14. I'll give you a second to do that, and it'll also be on the screen if you'd like to follow along. All right. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, and this is in the NIV translation. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Yeah. So with the birth of Christ, the heavenly host begins to declare peace on earth to those on whom God's favor rests. And in this moment, the prophecy that we read in Isaiah 
of our coming Prince of Peace, whose peace will never end, has been fulfilled. Christ is here. Um, but the circumstances of Christ's birth that we read about in this passage weren't very peaceful at all. They were living under Roman occupation during a, po- a period of time that was full of political turmoil. In addition, Joseph and Mary, who's nine months pregnant at the time, had just traveled 90 miles on foot from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And this is about a 30-hour trip on foot, and that's nonstop with today's modern road systems. So I'm sure it took a lot longer than 30 hours, um, not to mention being pregnant. (laughs) So I'm sure this was a trip that they didn't want to take at this point in Mary's pregnancy, honestly. Um, And then there was no room in the inn, so they stayed outside in a stable with the animals, or a barn with the animals. And if you've ever been in a barn, I'm sure you know the smell. It doesn't smell great. (laughs) And it's not very sanitary. The animals are usually pretty loud. And Mary didn't have a bed to give birth in. There was no option for an epidural to relieve her pain. (laughs) So this sounds like a a miserable birth. This was nothing like today's home births with essential oils and peaceful music playing and (laughs) yeah these are trying circumstances to give birth in I've never given birth but it sounds trying (laughs) so yeah and not to mention that after Christ's birth the announcement of peace to the shepherds was described as terrifying not peaceful Um, so how can the heavenly host be declaring peace in circumstances like these that are not very peaceful I think that it's because Christ didn't necessarily come to earth to give us circumstantial peace, but to restore our relationship with our Creator, to give us peace with God. So from the beginning, we were created to live in peace with God, but sin destroyed that peace and separated us from God. We were at odds with Him, we were living in rebellion to Him in our sin, but Christ paid our debt for that sin. The advent of Christ, his coming to earth, and his death on the cross made a way for us to have peace with God once again. And now we have access to relationship, to peace with God. Um, But there's only one way to receive this peace, and that is through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Um, Romans 5.1 is going to be up there, and that says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So based on all of this, I would like to argue for a different definition of peace than the one that we read at the beginning. Um, Just a stress-free state of mind or a state of tranquility and quiet and calmness. I would argue that true peace is peace with God. So peace is not a state of mind. It is a status with God. I'll say that again because it's a good one. Peace is not a state of mind. It is a status with God. If peace were a state of mind, it would be heavily dependent on the circumstances of any given moment of our lives. Difficult circumstances and everyday stress would constantly try to steal our peace and ruin that state of mind, as I'm sure we've all experienced at times. Um, Like, you get a bad grade on your exam, peace stolen. You wake up late for class, peace stolen. You miss your bus, peace stolen. Josiah leaves his dirty dishes in the sink again. Peace stolen. (laughs) Willow continues to bark at our neighbors. Peace stolen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so in John 16, 33, Christ promises us that we'll face trouble in this world. 
Our circumstances will not always be peaceful. He guarantees us that. He states, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. If peace were a state of mind dependent on our circumstances, we would never have peace. Christ promises us that we will face trouble and troubling circumstances, but in the very same breath, he promises that in him we can have peace. How can this be? How can we face troubling circumstances while simultaneously experiencing peace in him? It's only possible if our peace was never dependent on our circumstances or our state of mind in the first place. Similarly, peace is listed as the third fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. If peace is a fruit of the Spirit, something that the Holy Spirit has to produce in us, then it can't be a state of mind that we can muster up in our own strength or depend on our circumstances for. It's only something that the Holy Spirit can do in us. So while we may experience moments of this state of mind, circumstantial kind of peace, and those moments are wonderful, just like Manitou, that was wonderful, um, Peace that is long-lasting and deep within our soul only comes from peace with God, being restored to relationship with our Creator. So this morning, um, I want to share a little bit of my story with you. I've experienced this truth in a really deep way in my life, so I wanted to take some time to share that. Um, Yeah, so my story began as a result of a teen pregnancy. My mom was 16 and my dad was 17, when they had me, not exactly the ideal situation. (laughs) They didn't have a very good relationship and separated pretty quickly after I was born. Um, From my earliest memories, I remember sensing and hearing about the tension and negative feelings that they felt towards each other. Um, My childhood was characterized by threats of going back to court and fighting for custody rights and tense pickups and drop-offs at a local police station just in case things got ugly between the two of them. Um, So pretty quickly from a young age, I learned how to navigate going between two very different homes, two very different worlds. Um, And throughout my childhood, my dad lived with many different women who came and went, sometimes bringing their children with them, um, never marrying, but dating many, many women and bringing them into our home. And at the age of 12, my mom married my stepdad. We moved cities and homes Um, We had been living with my grandparents up until this point, so we left their home for the first time in my life. Um, And she began having more children. So not to mention I was going through puberty and beginning middle school. And (laughs) so a difficult time in my life, a lot of changes, and my world was turned upside down. So you could say that my circumstances were not peaceful. The circumstances of my life were not very peaceful at all. However, the bigger problem in my life was that I didn't have peace with God. In middle school, I began exploring the world of dating and sexual sin. I tried to fill that lack of peace from my childhood with dating relationships and the affirmation of men. And it was never fully satisfying, honestly. It always left me feeling pretty empty. Um, So for about four years of my life, I went from dating relationship to dating relationship to dating relationship with no breaks in between, really. I didn't know how to be alone and feared being alone, honestly. So during this period of my life, I tried to hide what was going on, especially from my parents, especially from my mom, who was a Christian. Um, And honestly, 
I was in a constant state of inner turmoil, racked with guilt and shame and anxiety, always worried that she was going to find out what I was doing and constantly feeling like I was trying to hide things that were going to come out into the light eventually. So I felt pretty filthy and exhausted from all of the hiding, um, all the covering my tracks. Um, I did not have peace at all. I was living in a state of turmoil, honestly, inside. Um, so finally, during my sophomore year of high school, I hit rock bottom after experiencing years of heartbreak and inner turmoil. Um, and I turned to the only place that I knew, which was the Lord. Um, my mom did her best to raise me in the church during the weekends that I was with her. My parents had joint custody, so there were weekends I was with my dad and we didn't go to church, and weekends where I was with my mom and we did. Um, so I had some understanding of who God was and the sin that I was living in for all those years. Um, yeah, so at that time I began going back to youth group and or going to youth group for the first time. Um, and God radically transformed my life. And I truly experienced peace for the first time. Um, I experienced deep peace within my soul that I'd been searching for my entire life, honestly, trying to find it in men and relationships. And um, yeah, it was never satisfying. I never had true peace until that moment. Um, and my circumstances didn't change at this point in my life. My parents were still separated. There was still tension between them, and I had to navigate going between two homes. There's still a lot of challenges at home. Um, but I experienced peace that surpassed all of those circumstances. I experienced true peace when I put my faith in Christ. And there was so much peace found in knowing that my debt was paid in full, that my sin was forgiven, and that I had a relationship with my Creator, with my Heavenly Father. I discovered that true peace was never to be found in my circumstances, but had always been dependent on my status with God. And that peace that I experienced then has continued, honestly, throughout my life. Um, despite the difficult circumstances that have come and gone, I've had true, long-lasting, deep-rooted peace in my soul because of that relationship with Christ. Um, yeah, I'm going to invite the band to come up at this point. We're going to move into closing. But So today, I want to invite you to experience that peace that I've experienced in my own life that doesn't depend on circumstances but is rooted in our status with God. If we're being honest, the circumstances of our world don't look very peaceful right now. COVID cases are on the rise again. Our nation and our world is full of political unrest. Just this week, there was a school shooting right down the road. Things don't look very peaceful. And not to mention, you're all in your final two weeks of classes, which are full of exams and projects and papers and all kinds of stress. Um, so more than ever, it's clear that circumstantial peace is temporary, and it's easily shaken by the trouble around us. But Christ's advent and his death on the cross give us access to true peace, eternal peace with God. And all we have to do to receive that peace is put our faith in his son, Jesus Christ, who paid his who paid our debt. So Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 26, verse 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Putting our faith and trust in Christ brings true peace into our lives. Keeping our minds fixed on his advent, on his death on the cross, the weight of what he did for us, not on our circumstances, brings true peace. 
So if you haven't experienced that true peace with God before, or if you need to experience more of his peace this morning, I'd invite you as the band plays to come down. I'd love to pray with you and talk with you more. Um, I'm sure Pastor Nino or Tammy or Pastor Chris, um, Pastor Cindy, if she's in the room, maybe. But one of the staff members would love to pray with you. Um, Yeah, so I want to pray to close us out this morning. Um, Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We thank you um, just for the promise of eternal peace with you when we put our faith in Christ. We thank you that peace from God is not circumstantial. It's not dependent on the things that are going around us in this world, going on around us in this world. Um, So Jesus, I just pray that every single person in this room would experience that peace this morning. We thank you for that peace. Pray that this word would go deep into our hearts this morning, that it would sink in. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.